Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the Geek Apocalypse Podcast with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse. And if you hear what sounds like a bell playing in the background, that is my dog's collar as he's running around desperately trying to get my attention because he needs some food. Um, but he'll have to wait while I do this intro um, to tell you about today's episode. Um, so, if anyone listened to the last Mentally Sound episode, I revealed a very big um, personal thing in my life. Um, so, this is uh, the essentially what this podcast with me and Ricky is about. I will not reveal it now in the intro, but if you are clever enough to read the title, it will make a great deal of sense as to what my reveal is so we obviously talk about that um, not quite at the beginning uh, we as per usual talk about random stuff uh, in the process of it such as Sasha Baron Cohen because he has a new um, he has a new program out on Showtime in America uh, we have a long conversation about religion because I mentioned that I went to a christening over the weekend um, uh, we talk about making decisions uh, obviously talk about mental health and anxiety um, we talked about a huge amount of stuff um, and it was a really, really enjoyable. It, it, it's really nice to kind of have the opportunity to, you know, to. Hence, why it was a bit long because me and Ricky hadn't done like a long form podcast in quite some time. So, if you're interested in talking to either of us on Twitter, you can do, which is at geek underscore apocalypse for me, and Ricky is at vivid Ricky. That's V I V I D and Ricky R I C K Y. But yeah, so um, I hope obviously, no offence to anyone about religion in the sense of obviously we talked about it in a very honest and open way and about just how we don't mean any respect to anyone who isn't religious and obviously about the christening as we made a few jokes about that. But obviously anyone who listens to this podcast regularly knows that we talk about stuff in a really honest and frank uh, way um, and we mean obviously no offence, it's just our personal views basically. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I really uh, had a really good time talking to Ricky. It was really enjoyable. And in terms of mentally sound, which is what we also talk about, because we talk about um, the um, Kills by My Debt, which was a program that was on BBC Three a month ago and was on BBC One last week. Um, and we talked about the interview we did uh, with Jerome's mum, and it was really, really powerful. I think her name was my name Sharon, I think, off the top of my head. Um, and yes, yeah, so. It was really recommend that it's on BBC Three right now, so obviously you have access to BBC programming. Um, please do watch that; it's very, very powerful. And in terms of mentally sound, uh, just being released literally today, um, the June's um, June shows, uh, so you can listen back to them as a podcast. And then the fir- the first one of July uh, will be released very shortly as well. So please do type in Mentally Sound as well as Geek Apocalypse on iTunes and subscribe to both podcasts if you so desire. But really, really fun episode. Huge thank you to Ricky. Huge thanks for subscribing. Please do let people know if you enjoy the show. And as I said, this is a bit longer than usual, but because me and Ricky were sort of catching up. And obviously, in terms of the reveal, I had a lot to talk about. But uh, thank you so much. And this is the latest episode of Geek Apocalypse. Enjoy! <laughs> Right, um, so this is the 
special edition of the Epochless Podcast with myself and Ricky, because if you listen to Mentally Sound Live on Friday, which was, uh, we were recording this on Sunday the 29th, is that I announced in a very, very big teaser a very, very big reveal, and you'll get a hint because I already know that the episode of this title... Uh, the title of the episode of this title? <laughs> Got that already the wrong way around. Let's start this again. Pretend it's not live. Uh, <laughs> um, Lulie is pre-recorded. I can just go... Anyway, I was saying, the title of this episode, um, I didn't cock up at all, uh, folks, is that, um, yeah, it's going to be called I Am Your Father. Obviously, a little joke, jokingly reference to Star Wars and the fact that I announced that I'm going to be a dad, which is weird to say out loud. In my head, obviously, I'm used to the idea, but saying it out loud is a bit weird. Um, so I wanted to do an episode, obviously, um, discussing that, and I'm sure Ricky's got a zillion questions, because um, what we joked about before Mentally Sound on Friday, which Ricky was hilarious about as he went, when you first told me on the... F- like, I told him, like, five minutes before we started doing a show, or ten minutes before a show. Um, oh, hence, I think that... I think the I, I seem to remember the, the the song was was playing out and then you said, oh oh my, my partner's pregnant and just anyway we're about to go. <laughs> <laughs> and for the whole the next the next two hours I basically had a button my lip and not sort of blurted out, which is like I hope that was a testament to I think it was I hope to think it was just you testing out how professional I was. Yeah. Yeah, I was going, I bet you he's going to, like, reveal it and then apologise and be like, you know, oh, yeah, that was, like, um, because like, um, what we can reveal now, because it's hilarious, is I told Ricky this uh, privately, but it's funnier on the air, is to say that uh, there was a situation, and you'll hear it in the mentally sounds that are just about to be released, because they were last month, well, technically this month, because we did three in one one month, is um, I, I started to tell a story uh about whatever particular subject we were on i can't quite remember but what i was about to say oh yeah and me and uh Haley were um at the baby scan and i hadn't said anything about it yet and i just went and i suddenly went <laughs> i really remember saying oh i realize i can't uh i can't talk about that yet and and he and ricky looked at me and kind of like what are you referring to but then i imagine you probably did take what i meant but it was just great that just usually i'm very much an open book and i'm now being all this like <laughs> like, like, um, like, teasy, like, I can't talk about that yet, and then, like, drum roll, hmm, or, like, some sort of weird, um, some sort of weird, like, um, you know, like, uh, ten- tension-ridden music, or just, like, do-do-do-do, <laughs> like, <laughs> next week on, <laughs> Stephen reveals why he's been so. <laughs> But I, I like the science fiction background. I think you should, that's how you should play along the next few episodes. Is in like um, <laughs> play like a guesswork type thing, and yeah. and uh, the, you're you're the you're the, the sort of hidden sort of evil kind of sorcerer type. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could do something like that. That makes that's sense. Ways to take over the world. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. Now I've now become a father, and then the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, so I know like Ricky's wanted to be talking about it a lot, and I thought it would be fun to do it in a podcast setting because we're going to be a little bit more broad about it without ads and and music because I mentally sound that's what we do. Um, and also we had a huge amount of guests. Uh, we had well, we had three in the two hour slot uh, last Friday, which is quite a lot. 
um, and all the interviews were. I guess just while we're on that on that matter, I thought that um, that show went really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, did you get a chance to speak to uh, what's the lady's name, Jerome's mom? I forget her first name now. Yeah. Did you get a chance to speak to her afterwards? Just, just, just by just by a text. Um, yeah. She said thanks and that she'll like you know recommend people she knows listening to future shows and stuff. Great. Fantastic. Um, I'll probably get to chat to her because um, we didn't get to play the song in tribute to his son, so we'll try and get an MP3 across. I'll, I'll speak to her personally about it. And well, that I w- we won't be releasing that on podcast-wise yeah, for a couple of weeks, so it gives you a couple of weeks to do that if that's what you want. Um, yeah. Just finding a hard time trying to download it, that's all. Potentially, um, when, when that episode does get released, I mean, um, Martin Lewis, who... Um, is you know the money saving expert? Yeah, it's on this morning stuff. Yeah, hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of followers. So if I can like get in touch with him and say, look, um, because I know that Tracy and Martin have speak, sort of been um, like speaking, discussing, yeah. discussing this campaign, you know, getting behind it. So mm-hmm. imagine if he retweeted that. It'd be, it'd be yeah, for the benefits, for the benefit, because obviously this this potentially might uh, reach a higher amount of people. Um, is the we did. Um, we did a, an interview on the last mentally sound, which was a huge get in the sense of it's exactly it's exactly what kind of area we want to go down with mentally sound being that it's mainly a mental health show. It's the it was Jerome. Uh, what was the guy? What's his last name? Jerome Rogers. Rogers, that's it. Yeah, and it's from Killed by My Debt, which yeah. is a show that's on. Uh, I see a short. I, I kept refer. I kept making a sort of slight error and kept saying it's a documentary, but it was really a drama. But well, I, I, it, it, I call it a docudrama because yeah. Um, throughout the program, there were like facts being brought up, wasn't there? About yeah, about debt and <clears throat> and about you know, and it was Jerome was a real person, and obviously, so we got his mom to be on the show, and it was a really powerful interview. I mean, the other two people we had on that episode just shouldn't go unnoticed because I thought they were both really fascinating um, and as I said I, I really think you know and Ricky Ricky you know deserves more you know majority of the credit for this because he gets all the guests to come so the guest quality have been really really good and obviously this is relevant because Killed by My Debt only came out a week ago According... It came out on uh, BBC3 I think uh, about a month a month and a half ago okay but it was on but it came on BBC One recently, BBC didn't it? One last week. Yes, that's right. So it is. So it's cur- So in a sense, I mean, sometimes we get people a month after the fact or whatever it may be, or we talk about stuff that happened ages ago, you know, because we obviously, you know, just be. I mean, we're pleased to be on Spice, but we're not like BBC Radio where, you know, the next day something happens, we can have access to, you know, tons of people on a certain subject. So it was really nice because obviously, so. Um, you know, I, say, I, I, mean, I should just say there's, mm. there's a huge element of luck, and, and there's, a, there's a third person I, I like to thank as well, a guy called Vincent, mm-hmm. because um, on a well, I, I'd seen Tracy and her daughter um, on this morning, and I think on Five Live uh, over a year ago, and I made a mental note that they, you know that would be perfect for our show, um, but I, I wouldn't have thought that I'd get in touch like directly. I'm not sure how. I didn't find any details anyway. Uh, it just happens that the Facebook um, forum which I'm on, um, mm-hmm. which me and Vincent are friends on, yep. and contrib- contributed to, he actually t- uh, posted the the story regarding Tracy, and and I was like, oh, that, that's coincidence, uh, Vincent, because I just seen her on uh, on TV and heard her on radio, 
and said, is she, is, she, is she a friend of yours? And he said, yeah, very good friend. I think he used to be her employer. All right. So, um, mm-hmm. I just, I just mentioned that we, we'd do this show and, um, we'd be honored to have her on and she, and he put us in touch. So, but I actually firstly, first chatted to her, uh, over a year ago and I said to her, you know, I think we were looking to do like a Skype interview at some point. Uh, I don't think she was on Skype, so I was like recommending her to download it so we can sort of get ahead. But I didn't hear anything for months and months after. Yeah, sometimes until, you get people to do something. Yeah, until yeah, Vincent, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Vincent then posted uh, a couple of months back an update. Yep. And lo and behold, uh, there was a drama being made. And I was like, wow. Um, Good timing. So yeah, I got in touch with her again. I, I said, congrats on getting this. Is obviously, you've obviously been busy doing this over the last few months. How? Hence that we haven't heard from you. Um, so yeah, the, the the offer's still on the table. Please, we'd love to have you on. And then uh, we we did it. It happened, yeah, sure. brilliant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we interviewed her towards the end of the show on Friday, as well as we had a couple of other guests on as well. And yeah, so we just were really really busy. But um, we I do recommend because Ricky said, you know, and this is the first time I kind of broke my curfew. Of, I do think it's kind of nice to not like uh, the Craig Ferguson kind of inspired me in this that sometimes it's good not to see a film or whatever and then kind of ask people about it because you can try and like the interview can take a or the conversation can take a turn of you're trying to convince me to go and see it because I'm like representing the audience that's how I used to to do things but I actually I'm glad I got to see the actual drama documentary whatever you want to call it called kill by my debt as i said you can find it i found it on bbc3's website but it's on iplayer and um, because it was on as, as we said it was on I, bbc it was on bbc one like a week ago i think it was like a week last wednesday um from what it said when i watched it so and it's an hour and it's based on her son jerome's life um and the fact that you know, hence what the title says, he ends up killing himself over his death. So it's not a, it's not a, it's not one of these things where, you know, don't spoil the ending because it's obvious by the title. And it's to just showcase what can happen to a very, very normal teenager. Um, what Jerome was and seemed a very nice person, um, who just spiraled into a, uh, based on a parking fine. Uh, and it's really, really powerful. And I actually was texting my partner at the time, Haley. And saying that you know it's this is really powerful because I mentioned it and she'd seen it. Uh, she'd saw she saw it when it first came out, so she was like, "Oh, I have a feeling you you that that's something you'd want to watch." So well, I said I said I emailed Tracy uh, the morning after I'd seen it, and I said, you know, I was I was in tears afterwards, and she said that you know you're one of very many that that it's had this sort of profound effect mm. upon. And as you say, I know we kind of give away the the ending in a way, but it, I kind of it's self self explanatory as to what happens. But so it is a very sad ending. But I think the the, the docudrama it's 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 in his memory, and I guess the ultimate goal is to change the law. Um, the the bailiffs are regulated because they have too much free reign in terms of you know what they um, grasp of people's essentials just because yeah. they do the very what well, it seems very normal these days to fall in debt it, it's hard to know a person that hasn't had any debt because everything is so kind of you know yeah well everything but, being so difficult and people who end up going to like loaned places are very often people who are like working class struggling to find work and stereotypes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so um 
so I found that really interesting that it was relatively speaking and I, I said to her when during the interview that we did that it was the most powerful aspect of it was the fact that it's come across as like a relatively normal family um you know not with any particularly particular issues and the fact that all that happened in this program is based on the real life situation about what happened and uh, makes it unbelievably powerful and the reason i i it's it's a, good, it's a good point and it's an interesting one about revealing the ending of the program for anyone that's interested in seeing it but it does lead to i think a really important point is they focused on the debt side of things but i also think the fact that his mom who came on the program was really willing to talk about suicide because suicide is not you know it's amazing how many situations i've been in real life where people are reluctant to say that that's what someone's done you know it's a very and it is a really really understandably very very hard thing to talk about but i think it's powerful because you know suicide is not like by itself and what i mean by that is the people don't just decide willy-nilly to commit to suicide it is usually for a very powerful reason but it doesn't negate the fact that suicide is just as relevant is that you don't want somebody to you know you know lose their life as particularly in jerome's case he was like what 19 something like that maybe 20 i think i can't remember it does say it in the documentary but he's not he's not he's not old you know he's, he's had his whole life ahead of him um I so think, you know any, any you make a good you make a powerful point i think every, any any young death i guess is 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 tragic in the sense that you know that the, the life is still ahead of them and so if it was not if it was a natural if it was an accident there's a part of you that kind of in a way accepts it that that's kind of life that that's what happens tragedies happen but when it's suicide it's like it's just it's it's even more tragic to the to the to the extent where you know that something could have been done, yeah. you know, that prevention could have been done. Yeah, and yeah, when you watch it all as well, it's just going like you know, is it really worth somebody getting into that situation over money? You know, because it was a park and fine relation to the government, and it's like, you know, surely because uh, what his mom said, which I thought was very very relevant. Is I know they do this in America, is that you can pay payment plans where you can say, oh, I'm going to pay this amount of money per month because that's what I can afford. So until you pay it off and then it doesn't go any higher um, because you've agree- you've entered an agreement of that you'll pay it till it runs out. Um, this idea that you've got 28 days, she made a really good point as well when we were talking to her, is that she went, why is all, fi- all fines are 28 days, which nobody gets paid in 28 days? Exactly. Which is a really, really great point. So, the the, the uh, if you don't have the money, then how can you get it before the deadline? What, what if you're on a What um, if you're in a zero hours contract where you don't know when your next payment's going to well, be? Well, well, look at him. Look at uh, Jerome's situation. Yeah, he was, he uh, was a courier. Zero hours contract, and he he lost a lot of work as well in between because he he had asthma. Yeah. So, um, and when you're when you're a courier. You can imagine though that air pollution get into it's found to affect you. Well, yeah, and just just and and driving a bike every day. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, mm-hmm. the the very the very thing he depended on to 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 get these wages to get to get the money to pay off they they took away from him. So mm-hmm. what options was he, was he left with? I mean, what did you think about, I mean, uh, this wasn't necessarily what we were going to talk about, but obviously, welcome to Apocalypse. This happens all the time. <laughs> is there? Uh, what did you think about? Because I did you read any of the any of the reviews before we had her on? Um, 
Because I'd seen some. Not not of the actual program itself, but I knew, uh, well, I've read a lot of articles and, and stuff about, because obviously researching and all that, and, yeah. and talking to her beforehand, so. Yeah, I don't I, usually I, do I that, but. No, I don't have read. Uh, maybe a few online um, social media kind of points that people make. Yeah. Well, I read, I went on, like, some, you know, like, newspaper websites, and I read, like, the, I read the Guardian's review. And so, and a bunch of others. And the only criticism that came across, which I thought was unfounded, because I do agree, the guy who played Jerome was just incredible. Um, he got like some nominations, I think. Oh, he's gonna get nominations because he was he's ridiculously good. Uh, and and uh, you know, his, his mom said on the on Mentally Sound on Friday that um, you know, start ridiculously. Accurate to his character. Yeah, yeah, they really nailed his character, which is, you know, uh, what more praise can you get than than his own mother saying how how similar he was? Um, but it's really well acted the whole thing. And the 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 one criticism that I saw out of all the reviews was that the 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 added, you know, the bits where it goes to the 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 video clips of of other debt people talking about their situations. You know, when it cuts to the the online videos of people talking about their situations. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they thought that kind of took you away from the dramatic element of it. And I and I I watched it. As I said, I watched it on Thursday, so I only watched it a few days ago. But like literally the, the the night before, so it was fresh in my mind. And I found it enhanced it because it really reinforced the point that it's you know as much as it's Jerome's story. It's reminding you that this happens to thousands yeah. and thousands One and thousands of people. And yeah. also it reinforced that it makes sense that Jerome probably would have went online and looked and saw the hell. You know, because this is the thing about... Imagine... This is the, this is what's horrible about... And we talk about this all the time about any, you know, any addiction institution or whatever. Whenever you're in a bad situation. If you go online and you're in the mindset of that you're really struggling, you very often find on the internet just loads and loads of examples of people in exactly the same situation as you, and that can't that can't be easy to deal with, because it can't exactly, you can't exactly increase your motivation to see, you know, you go on all these debt collecting websites I, I, saying... It's surprising that people were, were nitpicky enough to, to suggest that th- those other cases somehow took away the point from that. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, what... Well, yeah. I, I, I thought, like, what, are you trying to say that you just wanted it to be an entertaining but I'm not going to think about it in a real-life situation? Because that, I, I, I know... I mean, I know it was, like, kind of, like, thrown in, but it was thrown in when he was, like, on his computer. So yeah. I, the way I took it was his character was looking at... was looking at like, the actual person was looking yeah, at these think, online. That's I how think, I took uh, it. I, I think... Um, through chatting to his mother Tracy, I think she did confirm to me that um, not not only was during his internet searches was he looking like particularly towards the end when he was getting more desperate when he was looking about you know um, ideas about suicide and how to do it, but he was chatting to other people in similar situations. So, because um, what I would like to say about like stuff thrown in, I don't know if I've told you this story before, which is a quick little jokey. Uh, story about people just putting random stuff in and not relevant to the plot at all. Is it ever tell you about that the fil- the a film I was sort of involved in? As in, I basically helped with location stuff. It was called Fog Island. It was a horror thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and uh, the 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 lady who was in it, 
the main like person. It's on YouTube for anyone's interested. If you type in Fog Alien, like it's 2012. Um, I, I say involved. I mean, I'm not accredited or anything. And they actually, they actually, um, they actually um slagged us off on their website at the time because they they paid like a really small amount of money uh to use the YMCA building like to use sections of it and use our radio equipment and they spent they they didn't give us a huge amount of money at all and expected to have access to the whole building which is not what we agreed um so then they decided to slag us off on their website saying that we weren't given what we were promised and that's not what we that's not um that's not what we said so it was it was so anyway so the reason i'm saying about this thing if you actually watch the finished product there's bits of uh, our old radio show on that in that film though and the the main the main lady uh, apparently turned to the director this is what i got told through the great rhyme when they were working on the film in, in our building was that the lady just had um breast implants and she went to the director and said, "I would really like to have a like nude scene in the film." And the reason, and the reason why is she went because I want my ex-husband to regret getting rid of me. And honestly, I I I ended up watching it about six months ago because I I suddenly just went. I started thinking about all the stuff I worked on and went and or been involved in, and I went, "Oh yeah, whatever happened to that film?" And I found it on the internet as a shock to find it's on YouTube. And so I watched the whole thing. Um, and then about whatever I don't know how long of it it's in, but so so it's all about a, a killer is on an island where a radio shows there's a radio station on an island, and the killers come on the island and is killing all the people who are in the radio station. So it's all about that and like people running away and getting killed, sort of like Scream. It reminded me a lot of Scream. But anyway, so. It then just cuts to her in the bathroom, sorting herself out in a towel, and then she just drops her towel and then goes into the shower. And then the killer's like looking, look at like, um, you know, doing a whole like, um, looking at her while she's showering. And it lasts about 45 seconds, and then it cuts to the plot continues, like with her being in the office, and, and you're going, that served zero purpose. And then I realise now that it seems to me quite plausible that what people told me who were working on the film is that that was exactly the reason she did it, is that she was just trying to make her ex-partner jealous. So she's like, I want him to show us some of these. <laughs> did she metaphorically want the killer to be her, her, her ex? Yeah, her and be like, I'm not going to kill you because, wow, look at those. <laughs> <laughs> you can't kill someone when they're having a shower. It's so mean. <laughs> Think of all the money she spent getting there. I know, things. yeah, like a ten grand scene or something, you know. It's a shame to waste all that money. <laughs> Indeed, but um, but yeah. So, so the reason we got talking about this is because, so yeah, we did the show on Friday, and I mentioned as a kind of teaser that I, my partner's expecting, and we never really had a chance to go into details about that because we were really swamped. I mean, we didn't even do mental health news because we we ran out of time. Um, so, you know, because the hypnotist uh, lady we had on was interesting. I actually was talking to Haley about that, um, you know, because I, I do think that kind of stuff does help with anxiety. Um, it's, I think it can, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think hypnotherapy gets a bit of a bad press in some ways. But I think, it's misunderstood, I think, is the way it phrase I'd yeah, go for. Yeah. Whatever works for you works. You yeah. know, some, some it'll help, some it won't help, and you just go and go and find the next thing. Well... What I want to quickly ask yeah. though, what is there? 
hypnotist and a hypnotherapist, what's the difference? Is it is there, is, is there such a thing as a Well, she kind of answered it and saying that a hypnotist is kind of, um, you know, a stage, stage, like a stage performer. Someone who does um, a Yeah, person. whereas um, a, a, a hypno... Okay? Yeah, a hypnotherapist is a person who does it, you know, as a practice. You know, like a practice of a, you know, a, a therapist or a counsellor, you know, that kind of thing. Um, because all the stuff that she was referring to, you know, I mean, she kind, uh, she did kind of, um, I don't know, I don't know whether I, was, you know, this is just me guessing, looking at body language, but I mentioned on that program that I do trans, transgender, I can't even say it, transgender medication. I can't remember how you say it because it's my, my dyslexia, such a long word. But I, I got taught that when I left hospital a few years ago because I got interested in it when I was in hospital, and um. Some people think that, just to kind of reaffirm what we're talking about, is some people regard that as um, pilobolics, that, you know, that it isn't a thing. Um, because all, essentially, you do is it's your own version of basically sitting down and not doing anything for 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. Um, so you just sit there and you just try and empty your mind of thoughts, um, which sounds I'll ridiculous and easy, but... Well, yeah. I've I've been lucky to do it in the Himalayas where yeah it it kind of is very spiritual up there anyway. Um, one one funny anecdote is that when I used to take my mum used to do yoga, and um, I can't remember how this came about, but she asked me or someone maybe asked me that she, did she found someone in the class I think found out through the, you know her, her, maybe in her son that I was I was into my music. And I could recommend some sort of ambient tunes so they can meditate to. Yeah. And I put loads of like um, left field bands on there, uh-huh. like the Stooges and Velvet Underground, because even though they're quite rocky, on their on some of the albums you will find an, an obscure instrumental which has a very kind of psychedelic kind of uh, vibe to it. So I made this kind kind of very uh, hip compilation for them to listen to, and apparently went down a storm. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I'm right. Um, uh, I'm pretty certain that you don't really use sound in transgender meditation. meditation. I think that's the whole point. Yeah, I think um, it's if you are to use music, it has to be um, of a very kind of ambient sort of. Yeah, you wouldn't even call it music. It's just more of a sound or or a noise in a way. Um, It's when people, I guess, I don't know how. We, we would have to try it in terms of Carol's um, te- technique, but I, I have these. Um, what, what was he called? The, the guy used to do it on TV. Dave, is it David? Someone? Um, not Darren Brown. The, the guy before him. David Blaine. <clears throat> no, no, no. The, the British guy, and he he was big in America. He was on like Montel Williams' show, and 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 and. Uh, Louis Geller. Yeah. No, no, no. So, <laughs> Kind of middle-aged English guy. <laughs> I was going to start saying like random, random okay. names. I was going to say random names then. Oh no, Ricky, Mother Teresa, um, <laughs> Dave Matthews. Um, no, oh, oh no. Uh, I'm sure it's David. So I'll probably come to us later. But okay. just on Yuri Geller. <laughs> oh, he's 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 a yeah. Go on. I'm too to know what you're going to say now. Because um. We, 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 I think we're planning to talk a bit about the World Cup, aren't we? A bit. Yeah, well. yeah, well, yeah, and no, I know obviously you've not even talked about the fact that I'm um, going to become a parent, but we'll get to that. But, <laughs> like yeah. other, other matters have took over, Steve. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's not all about me. I, yeah, it's fine. 
But um, on on the day of the semi final, uh, do you know that Yuri Geller was on this morning and he was doing the same thing, like touch the telly and oh and god, Harry Kane would score. I remember I remember tweeting on that day. I was like, not today, Yuri. You know, because <laughs> before... today, Yuri. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dismissive. <laughs> Because on previous World Cups, do you remember he was like telling us all to fix? Was it David Beckham's metatarsal or something? By you know. Oh uh, yeah, because when he broke it uh, before the World Cup, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, hope that Rooney gets well, oh, because he was injured. Apparently, he's. I think Euro didn't he in Euro '96? You know the 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 game against Scotland and Gary McAllister's penalty. Do you oh, know yeah. that the ball, ball moved and he he claims he did that? Did you know about that? What do you mean? Well, so the, the, the game against Scotland in Euro 96... Yeah, I think the, free kick. Loop, the ball was moving when he kicked it. When got, Scotland got won a penalty, I think Stuart Pearce brought down a, a Scottish player. Yeah. Julius someone. And uh, McAllister came, went up to take the penalty and he, and Seaman saved it. But if you look at the slow-mo, uh, the ball was actually rolling off the penalty spot. All right. Which, which, which kind of... Oh, so, he, so Yuri Geller claimed he moved the ball? Yeah, fucking. And, uh, I, want, I, I want to swear like so badly. Right? <laughs> I used to do some other daft things. He's like, fucking idiot. You know, um, games he's hovered above Wem- Wembley in a, a helicopter, like you know, chant. Like, yeah. It's all well-known, established magician techniques. I mean, that's just claiming stuff that's stupid. Um, he is an entertainer, and whenever he gets, whenever he gets um questioned on that, and he's clearly wrong, he says he's an entertainer. When he does a trick that's established by magicians, he says that he's not—he's not an entertainer. He's a magician. It's—it's—it's it's, it's annoying as hell. Um, he got debunked, and his 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 career got like really struggled struggled because of um. This is so in my field of interest because I've read a lot about this. James Randi, uh, who's a very 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 famous American magician, has the James Randi Foundation, and he debunks a lot of stuff. And he was a long-time friend of Johnny Carson. And Johnny Carson um, very often would get him to check that any magicians that were booked on the Johnny Carson show were legit and didn't do like a, and didn't do a trick that was clearly like you know horseshit uh, or being manipulated um, to believe that something that wasn't happening. I mean, obviously tricks are tricks, but if you're like you know protect, like claiming something else has happened that is that isn't. And it's nothing more than trickery. Then that's not magic. Um, you know, it's it's all well thought out. You know, uh, tricks essentially, like you know, techniques and how to do things. Um, and the spoon thing has been uh, it was debunked a long time ago by James Randi. He's shown there's a YouTube clip of James Randi on his YouTube channel, and he's now like, he's, as far as I'm aware, he's still alive. I think he'd be around about ninety now. He's been around a long time. And he debunked the, the he showed because um, Yuri Geller is one of these people who he learns to do a trick and then he claims he's doing it for real and he doesn't say it's not a trick. He says it's not a trick. He he, he doesn't say it's a trick. He just says, oh, "I am legitimately bending spoons." Where what he essentially did is he would bring his own spoons and he would have them already half bent, okay, um, and have an indentation in it, and then. You would just bend. You would just bend the point, and then it's all just, you know, it's all just misdirection and show show business. Like I'm bending the spoon. I'm bending. I'm bending the spoon. Um, and so that got debunked. There's also one of him in Israel because he's a, he's originally Israeli, isn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah. I think um, 
Yeah, so he went on an Israeli show and he showed a compass moving. Um, so he basically says again with all this positive thinking, audience, get this compass to move, and it's a giant compass in the middle of the room. And if you and then so James Randi with another brilliant musician who I'm a huge fan of called Jamie Ian Swiss, he um, in a convention in Los Angeles they showed that clip of the him in Israel on this show, which was watched by like 20 million people apparently, and they all went, wow, how did he move this compass? And they actually show you in the video exactly what you need to see to show it's a trick and it's not anything to do with the audience. He was wearing a magnet. So the compass was moving because he had a magnet on his finger. Um, And you actually see he's not that good of a magician because they actually slow down the video. And during the bit where he's saying, everyone, close your eyes, gleam really quickly. And then he just literally looks at his like index finger and pops something on from his tie, from behind his tie. He goes and puts something on, and it's this little black thing. And obviously, magnets now can be microscopic and still do the job of turning something. And it only needs to turn a little bit for him to go, wow, look, it's moved five degrees. Oh, my God, wow. Like, um, So, yeah. So I just remember the, the guy's name. It's Paul McKenna. Do you remember Paul McKenna? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like Paul McKenna. He went, You know, he, he went on Howard Stern in the 90s. What did he? Yes, I, wa- I, I watched a video of him being on the other night. Because he was um, huge in the states, he was a yeah. Old See, when my when my in the midst in the when my sort of PTSD was manifesting, and you know, I was looking to anything to to combat it and stuff. Um, I bought a set of Paul McKenna tapes and so like listened to them, and I, I wouldn't say they didn't really change much in me. Although I do remember being being put in a trance and like feeling it was almost like an out of body experience, and you, there was this kind of like moody ambient music in the background like played above his voice and like you know very kind of psychedelic in a way mm-hmm. um it, it kind of does take you out take you out yourself but i don't know maybe may something that is worth a revisit now that i'm kind of i don't know more mature or more kind of less skeptic about these things you know yeah um but yeah, Yuri Geller is—he's uh, just an entertainer. Where anyone else who think anyone who thinks says any differently, including himself, is he's either lying or is mad. He's either—he's either mad. And all. Yeah. Put, yeah. put hashtag not, not today. You I know, know that is that was the I I giggled like when you said that I I, I was cry I almost cried there with laughter because that's so dismissive. Be. You know, it's a bit like where. Someone goes, you know, like when you're just annoyed with someone you're around and you just go, just give it a rest, will you? <laughs> like that's what you sound like there. I go, not today, Yuri. Just, 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 just leave it. Just leave it, will you? <laughs> go and play with your spoons somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, she's like the kiss of death now. Well, I don't even know why the hell I had them on. It's like, are these people who believe in this shit? It's but silly. Just this morning, the, silly. The, that program, it, it increasingly annoys me. That program because, in one sense, they do, they do well in, in bringing up. Things like mental health, but uh, you know, they also cover the the complete vacuousness of of, of life. Yeah, I I I think they kind of. Yeah, yeah. I also think as well with mental health, they do kind of go along down the road of a more like um, you know, stranger illness as opposed to the more like common ones, like exactly, you know. Exactly. Yeah, as if it's like a, quite a freakish thing. Yes. Than, you know, yeah. It's, it's, almost like yeah almost like they're trying to deal with like a pseudoscience as opposed to real science you know like um yeah that's why i have a problem with mainstream media is they go with like the you know yeah like we'll go with the 
the freakish one as opposed to somebody who, you know, has, you know, because, but even anyone who's got a freak thing, it's kind of disrespectful to look at it that way because it's someone who's not very well, ultimately, you know, so, you know, and it should, they should apply it to what everyone else goes through, you know, whatever, however it manifests itself because everyone's different in that regard. Um, but anyway, so it's, I mean, it's interesting about, you know, with, um, with uh, transcendial meditation, I think that's how you say it, is um, I, I was reading actually, because I did think it would come up when we said we had a hypnotist on, so I was reading about like, because I obviously remember doing this at the time when I first learned to do it three years ago, I say learn to do it, it's one of the things where you have to have someone to like, I mean you don't have to do it this way, you can just try and do it yourself, but you're supposed to have someone who's like ordained in this practice, but really all that kind of stuff is because it, it, it gets... Um, it gets crowbarred in with religious, uh, because it's it's based in a religious um, uh, religion. So, um, yeah, it, it 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 is often looked at as a religious like te- a religious you know thing to do. But you know that's a bit like having a having a a, a remit on like praying. <laughs> Does praying have to be? Does praying have to be? Um, you know, religious, you know, it's like they got copyrights on things, and I'm like, it doesn't, I'm not religious, and I don't really look at it as religious, I look at it as spiritual. Um, In a way, yeah, that's a good point, because um, I, I'm not religious, I'm an atheist, but I don't go the, I don't go down the road of where, of, of, of agnostic, where I, I dismiss religion, um, because I think a lot of good things have come of it, don't, don't get me wrong, there's been, there's a lot of hypocrisy, as, as, as is with a lot of things, hmm. Things like you know, there's been wars fought over religions. There's been a lot of bloodshed, but um, in a way, kind of religion, when done correctly, and when you're not too fanatical about it, and you're sensible and ethical, it's it's kind of given yeah. humanity, um, it's given humanity like a moral code mm-hmm. uh, that you would think that we'd got on top of by now. So it, it, that's why it's so kind of like depressing when you still well. Sit. I don't think uh, religion has a monopoly on morality. That's another thing that they kind of claim. But um, I know what you're saying, and that they have some good teachings, let's say. Um, and whatever anyone wants to believe, sort of behind closed doors in their own family, and even in their own, like, you know, friendship circle, whatever, more power to them, you know? It's when... It's when... When I go on about techniques, I think, you know, the, the meditation and yoga side, I know that through my own... Um, <clears throat> my own sort of a uh, family uh, religious background yeah. through sort of Hinduism and, and um, Buddhism that, that that's where it emanated from and it, it is the practice of inner peace and then it does yeah. a lot of good sort of people. I see. So I, I, like with them, um, you know, mm-hmm. the how um, Tai Chi, for example, is is embedded in Far Eastern culture that yeah. they will in the morning to for mental well-being and um, yeah. This is Doesn't mean I don't. Praying yeah. praying is probably part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it does a lot of good to a lot of people. Yeah, you know? and I I don't think it means whatsoever that um, uh, yeah I I don't think it means whatsoever that uh, you should it, you have to be religious in order to practice these things. It just mm-hmm. but the fact that it originates there big deal because it's a bit that's a bit like saying we all should be religious because we're fr- we're in a Christian you know we're in a a, a Christian uh, historical country. It's the same principle. Um, I'm not, and I don't want well, you to know be. What I think about that. Yeah, yeah, but you see what I mean. Like it's a, it's a, it's a silly, yeah, right. it's a silly, you know. prem, it's a silly premise because it's then where do you draw the line with that? Um, I'm, I'm always, I'm always barking at people who claim that oh, it's a Christian, Christian country, and I'm like, oh yeah. So um, 
So why do people ditch church on a Sunday uh, to go to like the mall and that, you know, to spend their hard-earned cash in, in like, you know, the new Sunday? Well, well, I went to a christening today, which I'll just reference that. And I went with my partner, Haley, and and so I met some of her extended family who were lovely. And, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on the podcast, because I'm bad that Haley might listen to this, but um, she won't care in terms of my honesty. But I'm being legitimately serious, and I really do like her family. Um, and... Yeah, um, I did find myself in the christening, and we were kind of making little little underlying jokes, um, because we were like, <laughs> we were kept, our friends, our fr- well, yeah, and I mean, I'm just being honest and saying, like, me and her family were kind of all like sitting there going, oh god, I, I, and I just got, I made them laugh a little bit because I kept going, God, I hope we don't have to sing any hymns. Please tell me we don't have to sing any hymns. And then as soon as the the vicar said, she went. Right, we're gonna have a small twenty-minute ceremony, and then under, my, under the breath, Haley's family went, "Oh, thank God!" Because <laughs> we're all like, "Go, it's gonna be an hour in it, and singing hymns and having steaks, uh, like you know, uh, yeah, it wasn't just anything like question, that." Just a quick question, yep. because I know you're younger than me, but when you were at school, did you did you have to sing hymns in assembly? Yep, not all the time. Uh, it depends. Um, we did do the Lord's Prayer. Do you know? Do you know what the case is now? Or, or, or no. Go, please. Oh, are you asking me directly? I thought you were. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. You. No, I've got no idea. But do you know? Um, I, I wonder whether you know this then, because this we thought this was interesting. At the end of the at the end of the um the the baptism, we had to do the Lord's prayer, and it was different to the one I remember. Um, it was uh, you know, so it's um. Our Father who Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy the, name. Thy king. It's it's now your kingdom, your kingdom something, your. It's like they've they've got rid of all the all the old words, and it also isn't, and <laughs> you know the bit where it says, and forgive those who have trespassed against us, and deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Is how I remember it. It's now like sins and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us or something. Um, I, w- I should have got one of the the leaflets because I was fascinated to know why it's different. I mean, at first one of one of Healy's family members who were in front of her thought because it might have been like a Catholic church, but then she's like, "Oh, I can't be Catholic because of various reasons." Um, because she knew the family better, and I was like, "I don't think that's how it works." Um, so. Yeah, it just was different. I think it's just... But Haley seemed to think that it got updated, that they announced that... I think they did say that they've updated it to be a little bit less, like, thy, because all the thys were... I don't think every church in in the country is necessarily C of E, is it? So, therefore, they might have... Yeah, exactly. They could have changed it to their own way, I guess, but... But I, I don't know. I think that's interesting, because you would think they would do it word for word that what's written in the Bible, I would have thought, but... What do I know? Yeah, I, I respect for religion in, in the sense that if, if they modernise, that they accept that the world's changing and and some some things that they used to preach and say like back then, whenever it was, that it, it probably isn't true or doesn't yeah. exist. You know what's inter- yeah, you know what's interesting, and I think a lot, of, I think people fall into it's an interesting point because I think people fall into two different categories that both I think are not as um, dangerous as people think. In that I think people are worried that there's loads of people in the camp of let's get rid of religion, it's totally pointless. Um, I hate it and therefore I don't want anything to do with it and I don't want anyone else to to be involved with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other side of people who are extremely religious 
um, like, don't, you know, share it with other people because they think the rest of the world are like that. Whereas I think, like, I think if you ask a major- quite a majority, a lot of people, is that I think they're kind of like what we are, and that we're, you know, I'm, I, I would, def- I would say I'm atheist, probably along the lines of agnostic, and but agnostic, agnostic only ever means that you're not quite sure. But I, I, I know religion isn't the answer. That, that's my personal yes, view. I always thought agnostic meant that you were not only that you do not believe, but you also kind of, um, kind uh, of riled against religion. In no, agnostic means you don't know. As in, like you're, 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 you're not, you're not like anti-religion uh atheist is more like not anti-religion as in you well like you kind of like regret um you are you reject all of like religious teachings and you don't believe that you are you are quite pretty certain that there is no god and no afterlife all that kind of thing and that's that's really more so what an atheist is and an agnostic is i don't know as in that like i'm not religious as in i don't practice it but I'm willing to I'm willing to think that yeah. maybe there is something, uh, maybe there is something there, or maybe there is a higher power or whatever. I just don't. I'm not a regular. See the thing. The thing with um. But this is why labeling. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like you know, if I was to think of like yourself, you know, when 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 I was at school, like particularly particularly first and and secondary schools, like you know, primary, middle mm-hmm. to different people, but um. Yeah, it was it was hymns all the time. So you got to know who this <laughs> this Jesus character was, and and obviously afterwards your your opinions sort of formulate and you think and you read more. And I just think that <clears throat> despite the you know the second coming and all that aspect of it, but he sounds like a dead dead good bloke and they're quite a cool guy <laughs> and somebody who would who I'd love to hang out with. And I was I was had him down as a socialist, but even though the, reli- the religious right, particularly in America, have kind of like hijacked him as a as a tool for um, you know opposing war. Sorry, uh, propaganda, uh, wanting yeah. war. Yeah, exactly. When when the likes of Bush and Blair claimed that the reason they went to war is because they spoke to God in their prayers. And- yeah, when Tony Blair said that, I was like, my God, we have a person who's using his prayers as motivation. Yeah. I'm like. You know, because if you don't believe in religion, that is, a, you essentially are looking at that and going, "He's mad." Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't actually believe in the actual practice, then it's it's really his so own head. Like, to me, that's the same, if not worse, than you know, when a, when a terrorist uh, commits a, commits it a, is, yeah, know, a, a huge right. or horrid, horrid, vulgar act, and then absolutely they, right, they, war crimes. They shout, yeah. they shout, they shout, "I'm doing this for God" in mm-hmm. whatever language they're yep. doing it. That's no different from what Blair and Bush said. Yeah, you? well, um, you know, um, uh, Henry Kissinger, uh, the, the former, like, was he Secretary of State or something years and years ago? Uh, yeah, he was, yep, and, um, you know, uh, one of my, um, one of the people I really admire, Christopher Hitchens, he, um, he wrote a book about saying that he should be, like, you know, exonerated and, and, and punished for war crimes because of all the decisions he made at the time he was in office. I don't know if you watched um, the recent um, Sasha Bo- uh, Cohen. Um, what's his name? Sasha, Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen. Cohen yeah. Yeah. Uh, America. Who saw that yet? I have not, but I um, I listened to a podcast recently. I don't know what podcast it is. That's why I'm pausing. I can't quite remember which podcast I was listening to, or whatever it was I was listening to. It was a very recent episode. 
and they were pointing out that they were a huge fan of Sasha and Barakoan and it's on it's on Showtime isn't it it's on I, I know it, I, I, it was an American thing I listened to because they said it was on Showtime so some people couldn't watch it but apparently it's brilliant um, yeah. you know well, I, he's, anyway. not, he's not he's not done anything different from what he used to do I think in this, yeah. in this era of Trump's America I just I just think he I, I think it was like um, he felt like he <laughs> Well, well, it, it was a no-brainer that he should yeah. go in there and and do what he did. Like I mean, he probably looked at you know, you know, this is what Bill Maher says all the time. Do you ever, you ever see real time? Because yeah. uh, he says this all the time. I think it's brilliant. We lo- they looked at Bush. They looked at uh, the, the Americans must look at Bush and go and we couldn't possibly have a more dumber president, yeah. and then or a dumber in like impractical, not really good at the job. And now, like, people who voted for Trump, surely people who voted for Trump and realised how much of a monstrosity that he is, are probably going, there's people going, Bush would be a blessing now, yeah. you know? Like, you know, and also the fact that he's, you know, negating all of Obama's legacy, legacy which is terrible. Sasha interview, because he's got this new character, yeah, I forget his name, but he's yeah. like a, he's an Israeli, but a very conservative, hardline Israeli kind of, Israeli defence force type guy. Yeah. And he goes, and he interviews Dick Cheney, Oh um, right! You mentioned. Oh right! Before. That's um, interesting. Really, really, Dick Cheney was the brains behind the, yeah. the immorality of Bush, that whole administration. And the, the key, th- I mean, there's a lot of laughs in there, of course. But the key thing that Sasha said in that one was, "So, so, Dick, do you think um, if you hadn't if you hadn't gone into Iraq, it would have been a you know a haven for terrorism?" And of course, that's what Iraq is now, even after they've gone in there. Yeah, because that's what they claimed. So he, yeah, he very cleverly makes them. What what I love about his work is that he he creates these like these characters, which the interview was thinking, well, he's stupid enough where I could tell the truth to. You know, I can sort of reveal myself. Um, yeah. Classic example when he, he talked to a fox hunter when he was tricked. Hoop your And he got a fox reason why he loved killing foxes was because it empowered. He's, he's looking at Borat, thinking, "Who's this? This who doesn't know shit." So I'll, I'll just sort of like, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Is he, is he genius at that? Um, yeah. Hang on, you just cut up for a second, but yeah, I think we've caught up. I did hear the gist of that. Um, you were just you were just cutting cutting in and out for a second. Um, yeah, I I think I'm right in seeing Dick. Dick Genie was George Bush, right? Um, is his uh, well, he was the Secretary of State. Something like that, yeah. The, Something like, he, offer, he, yeah. He was the main power behind. If you if you if you were to look, he wasn't at vice him, president. I don't think. No. I think he was. Oh, was he? I think yeah. Yeah, he might he have been. Vice he president. I think he was. Yeah. I think if you look at the whole Bush admin in its all so con- the, the you know the embodiment. Um, Bush Bush was merely the face, and Dick Cheney was the brain. That makes sense because uh, if you read Dick Clark's book. Um, because I, I was fascinated by, you know, the, the counter-terrorist te- te- counter, uh, agency um, that Dick Clark, Richard Clark, uh, ran, and he was part of one of the main, like, um, people for the 9-11 Commission because he got asked about, like, all the stuff that the government didn't do. And he actually says in his book, he, re- he reveals what happened afterwards, and the meeting they had about what what are they going to do about it, and he said, "This is what we need to do," and it's coming from um, Afghanistan, yeah. and 
they all sat round and like almost like pretended he never said it and went, oh, so everyone's in agreement we're going to go to Iraq. And he's like, "Was at Afghanistan's? we're telling you all our information that we gave you months and months ago saying that Afghanistan's a problem and it's a threat to our national security. Because they, his also thing that he did was create a national national security agency um, on the back of nine eleven. There's um, another there's yeah. another document out there. It's it's something called the Project for the New American Century. I think that's the correct name. Okay. And what it was, these neocons, um, who were these hardline sort of conservatives within the Republican Party. Yeah. One of which John Bolton, who um, was another war hawk, who, who Trump recently put into his um, cabinet. Um, and, and this this was like in the the Clinton during Clinton's administration. What they tried to do was they tried to influence Clinton's admin into 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 giving them these documents. They look, this is what you need to do to secure Americans like like future in the world. Yeah. As it's, you know, and and it included loads of references about you know taking hold of the Middle East, you know, getting 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 hold of the oil, that sort of thing. And if it, and and basically suggesting that if it needs a war to to do that, then so be it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were very, they're very kind of uh, warm. Well, apparently he was the one that was pushing for Iraq, and as basically Dick Cheney was, and then basically they all kind of followed him, um, even though his information was, and it was just they 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 did from what if you read enough of the 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 books that are out there about that particular time is that they they pushed going into Iraq because they wanted a reason to go in. That that that's that. There's no other way you can get around it because Afghanistan was the problem. Um, you know, hence why they were already in there, you know, looking. Um, but anyway, so yeah, interesting. So I will. Um, so anyway, we're talking about Sacha Baron Cohen. Big fan of him. Um, I will track down that. Um, because I think it might be on like, hopefully it'll be on something like Amazon Prime or whatever. You know, Amazon. It'll be on um, what's the what's Channel Four's online um? Oh, for on demand. Oh well, in that yeah. case, I'll it'll watch it. At, I'll watch it at uh, Haley's because I don't have TV, so I'll watch it at hers. Um, but that sounds good. I am a big fan of his, so um, I mean, I, I I'm a big fan in the sense of I don't like all his stuff, but um, you know, I do think he's talented. Uh, anyway, well, but the, I was watching the Dictator this afternoon. It's it's not one of his best ones. Yeah, it's all right. Even though even though it was an interesting character, I thought the the film took took a weird. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, anywho, but yeah, no, he's all good. I mean, I'm I always liked Ali G, but there you go. Um. <laughs> But uh, he's a bit of a marmite with some people, but there you go. Um, but yeah, so wow, we talk about yeah. So anyway, the the yeah the the christening was was interesting. Um, uh, and yeah, the the entertainer. We've got I got to say it about this, right? So this entertainer, I'll not say the guy's name because obviously I don't want to like you know, you know, particularly for people who listen to this in the northeast because he's ha- his actual like handle had had. Like something. No, you don't ruin his like, yeah, like yeah, it was something something northeast. So I don't want to say who the person is. You know, I don't remember his name anyway, so it's irrelevant. But it's just you just you know how we were talking about. It's a very good transition from the Yui Gala talk about because he does a lot of misdirection, and misdirection is just constantly talking. And this guy constantly talked, but did exactly the same joke for everything. And I know he's meant to be a children entertainer, but a lot of it was like dropping the wand or the wand disappearing and all that kind of stuff and it's all the same trick just done differently and we're just watching it as like you know adults going okay we get it we get it you know how to like make stuff look look like it's disappearing we understand it but can you do something like interesting with it instead of just 
you know, doing the same stuff. And he kept doing this, like, he kept doing this annoying thing where he would play music and then it would come back on whenever he said something. So he'd say, like, boogie woogie, because it was supposed to be the magic word. And then he'd go to the, he'd go to the speaker and then hit the speaker and then the music would go off and you're right. Anyway, so the magic word is boogie woogie, then the music would come back on and he'd get annoyed that the music kept coming on. But he kept going back to that joke about ten times and then we're going, it's, it's just one of these things. Like, I wanted to go, like, um, what you said, like, with Yuri, just like, not today, please, mate. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> just, he just get on with it. Because the only, the only trick we liked is he did about over an hour and he tried his best, like, and I mean, he was alright. He was the kids, the kids that were there, like, kind of got what they, they got a little bit out of it, but some of them got bored, so, and they, he kept, like, saying, can I get some help with this, and just no one was helping him, because it, it was just tedious. He didn't, didn't do the egg trick, did he? No, I was kind of thinking he would do something like that, but what he did was the bird, the rabbit trick, which uh, was kind of cool, because we got so we got to stroke a real rabbit, which was nice, um, but he got, a, he got a teddy rabbit, passed it around, and went... Oh, it doesn't seem alive, does it? Put it in the box and then did a whole, like, again, a 20-minute 20, 20 trick that should have lasted one minute. Um, all this, you know, flamboyant, like, I'm going to put the curtains down, I'm going to change my clothes, I'm going to do a little dance. And really, he's just going to do the trick and then it's over. Um, you know, it just took a bit too long. And then, yeah, he just, like, did a tap with the wands and then he opened the box and it was a real rabbit. You, and know, he just, the, yeah. you know which egg, egg trick I was re- referring to there? Uh, is it the egg that turns into a chicken? Uh, kind of. It's quite a few. When you say egg, I've seen so many magic tricks that could mean anything. So, well, even even Carl Pilkington uh, did one when he had to uh, host a children's party, which I'd love to see. What What was it? Uh, what is just the uh, uh, right kids? I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a bird appear in my hand. Oh yeah. And he, and he pulls out an egg. Oh, sorry, sorry. He's not. He's not been born yet. <laughs> You might, you know what it is. I wasn't like, I wasn't paying attention to him too the whole time. He might well have done that joke. Um, yeah, he he did do a few jokes. Oh, like he said, and bless um Haley's niece. She kind of got like all a bit excited, and I went, you know, this guy probably makes a hundred pound for or whatever, like a hundred pound for his work. And he went, okay, is anyone an Xbox and a TV for this next prize? And she went, is he really going to give out an Xbox and a TV? And you were like, no. Um, you know, I was like, if he got an Xbox and a TV and gave it away, he'd be like making minus £400 a day every time he worked, you know? So, cause, and so the joke was, Kane got all excited getting an Xbox, and he brought out an egg box, saying that, <laughs> claiming that he said it was an egg box. So he brought an egg box going, you know, on an egg box, like, so he, you like playing wordplay, and then with, for TV, he brought out a T and a V, um, like, as in just letters, which I thought was a really poor joke. So he just brought out TV in in like a in like cut out a cut out bit of paper, and I just went, "That's pretty lame." Um, yeah, the egg box was kind of okay. I thought that was that was at least an attempt at a joke, but um, anyway, it was just it was just so lot too long. It was like he he did one trick and then went, "Oh, there's nobody around. I'll go away for a bit." And we were like, "Yay!" And then and then, <laughs> and then he came back and like never left. He just kept like going on and on and on and on and on. Um, and I said, I think the, and the only time that he got a lot of kids coming up on stage was I felt bad. I did feel bad for him at this point. Is he put out a bunch of balloons that were shaped like swords so they could hit each other with it, like so hit each other with balloon swords, and like all the kids who were like, because they also had a face paint lady and her face, the face paint lady, like her cue was like her, yeah, her um, her cue was like out the out the door with children, and he's going, right. Kids, can we try like get people to the stage? And they're all like going, "Oh, my face painted!" Like, um, it was, it was funny. 
for this to you? It sounds more original than than Chris Chris uh, um, ones that I've been to. Regular christenings, you mean? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, I mean, uh, I think it's because, like I say, her family are all like littered with uh, with two children. There was a lot of children there, um, so um, I think they just did it so they had stuff to do, you know. Um, so the kids were like, you know, occupied. Um, and we were just occupied with alcohol, <laughs> basically. Um, and I was like, "Thank God, get me through this." But no, it wasn't all that bad. It was nice. I got to t- I talked to um his sister and Anita a little bit, but it's hard because with a guy being the entertainer and he was on a main stage, he was in a function room in a social club, and he just was so damn loud. Like the music was loud all the time, and it felt like you were in a nightclub. You were screaming at each other, going, "Do you want a drink?" Like that kind of thing. Like um. Uh, the food was nice, like, they had a really nice buffet. Um, but, um, yeah, it was okay. It was, it, you know, it wasn't anything to... And uh, it was funny, because it got us to a conversation about, like, what we would do with our... Which is a nice segue, because I'm talking about me being a dad, I guess. Is, yeah. um... Uh, yeah, we talked about it, if we would do that for our kid. Mm-hmm. And, um... And we were like, yeah, maybe. And do you know what's weird? As we kind of found ourselves going, we would probably do it if, like, a school... If it was a school requirement... Not necessarily that we would do it, because there's some schools that say you have to have your child to be baptised, which is ridiculous. You know, so um, so if we were in a situation where there was a school we really liked and we had to just sort of go along with it, we would do it in that reason. But I, I just look at it as, as a nice excuse to get people together. Um, also, it would be nice to do, because again, I, I, like, even though, I don't know, what, what's your take on, like, godparents? Because, although I'm not religious, I do like the idea of calling somebody godparents, you know? Um, is the I now now forgive me if I'm wrong, but yeah. is the idea of godparents is that they're like become second in line in case anything happens? <sighs> well, they're supposed to be like a the way that the the way that the ceremony went today, they were supposed to be like guardians, um, and sort of do stuff for the baby that because they can't. There's a lot of reference into you're going to be like they got you'll be the baby's guardian because the baby can't look after itself yet. Um, I'm not sure what their rule is, like, if there's any legally legal stuff. I don't think there is. See, I just took it as, again, like a sort of spiritual thing of, I like the idea of just saying to somebody you're a godparent, a bit like, you know, a friend of the family can be an uncle. It's kind of like the same principle for me. So I would love to do that, and I would just make friends, some of my friends, godparents, because... I, what what I find frustrating, and I know you might find this silly and laugh, laugh at us for saying this, but... Like, when godparents are also members of your family, I found bizarre, because my auntie is my godparent, and my auntie constantly says to me, like, you know, I'm your godparent, and I'm going, but you're my auntie? <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to say, auntie trumps, in my opinion, uh, uh, being a godparent. outside the, the yeah. family circle. Yeah, so I usually think you just we should make friends them, because then it's like, you, you it's an honour then, I think, whereas opposed to, we just give it to someone who's already having a say in that person's life then that to me it seems bizarre um yeah and i i I, maybe you've got onto something there that if something like catastrophic happened where loads of family members died or something then maybe it could be a thing of like well i'm a godparent then i look after them because at least you then know that it's a trustworthy person um you know yeah you can look at it that way um is is that true though i I don't know I don't think there is any legal thing. That maybe we should Google it because it's an interesting point. Probably not legal, but kind of said it within, you know, word of mouth. What's as that in, like, type in a Google? Do godparents have rights? 
Yeah, that's that's actually, actually, you know what it is? It's number four on the list of asked questions about godparents. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what we said is, um, what we said is right in the sense yeah. of it's, uh, it's just spiritual and about yeah. moral values. Yeah. So it says generally a god, so this is, I'm on, just in case, just to, I always like to refer what we're on. I'm on familylawfreeadvice.com. So this is legally what it's, the requirement. And it just says, generally, a god a godparent godchild relationship is categorized by spiritual or moral or moral advising to the child on his and her family, and godparents' right to child custody are not discussed as a possibility. However, some states in America, such as Virginia, do have fairly relaxed standing requirements for who may petition a court for child custody. Standing refers to the right to bring a child custody suit in the first place. Without the designation of godparent, you will have a more difficult time establishing the standing necessity to be involved in the custody suit. But in Virginia, anyone with a legitimate interest in the child has the right to participate in the question of custody and visitation. And godparents may be deemed by the court to have such an interest. So, in a religious bearing country like America, if you just go to the right place, <laughs> then it does it gets you a step up. Um, I guess really that does make sense though. Taken outside the religious thing is that you see it goes back to what I'm saying. If you pick godparents for your child, surely you trust them. That's how I would look at it as. Regardless of whether you think it's religion or not, is that it's nice to be called one. Yeah. So I would consider it not as somebody asked me so. It's so very nice and very sweet to be asked. Such a thing, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Anyway, so, yeah, so... So, yeah, we might do it. But not for, like, a couple of years. <laughs> That's alright. Ricky's, Ricky's, Ricky's being attacked right now. By God. <laughs> like lightning behind him and everything. <laughs> Shouldn't see it. <laughs> Well, we had that sort of weather. Yeah, exactly. Like, how dare like you? You heard in the background it was someone going, "How dare you <laughs> speak about me?" Um, but yeah, so so I guess just to to wrap things up because I guess we've been um, teasing people forever. I mean, I was going to mention the World Cup. We'll talk about that in a in a second. But so you know how like you were saying about you wanting to, you were wanting to bring up about me becoming a dad and everything and find out about that i thought it'd be interesting to open the floor to you and just say is there anything you so what were you wanting to like ask or bring up at the time or is there anything you want to ask me because i think you have a rough gist about what happened didn't you i think i told you on the phone when i told you privately um but is there anything else is there anything you've wanted to ask hmm uh, I guess I mean you, I'm I'm uh, the first thing that comes to mind I guess is I'm I'm a good sort of I'm a good ten years older than me than you, and I think if I was to take such an important step and I, I know it would still it would still be hugely huge huge milestone to me despite you know I, yeah I recently turned forty, and I just I don't know I, I guess I'm just in full in generic terms I'm just full of admiration that you've kind of. Uh, Seem to have taken this all in your stride, and um, yeah, it doesn't like seem you. it doesn't seem too out of step, or you, you don't seem hugely anxious. You, you've taken it very naturally, and and you nearly both seem very happy. And but would you would you say that? Um, I guess the first question would be that would you say that it's all kind of happened very fast? I mean, you would admit to that as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Think, yeah, yeah think that's been an advantage or disadvantage? Well, hmm. so, you say it's been an advantage in that way, because had you been... 
Well, we lingered on longer, and would it become over? Well, we we talk about we. This obviously was a discussion between me and Haley quite a lot because you know what what if you spend any time with Haley, as obviously I do privately, she's got a very very similar mind to me in that she thinks about things, and that's one of the things I you know it tracks me to her is that she definitely is not one of these people that like bone idly makes decisions she thinks about everything um i do think she's a like a lot like what i was like a few years ago and that she maybe she overthinks which will be the first to tell you and I, i i've learned over time not to be like that you know to get rid of stuff that not not think about things that are not relevant um but so anyway but in general she's wonderful at looking at things in a kind of what if this happened and kind of thought would it have been easier i mean obviously we can only in in like a a podcast we did maybe just a couple of years ago yeah yeah i know that you dedicated to that whole podcast and and like to go on the dating scene again oh yeah i know to think yeah it has went it has went fast in that sense definitely because that's what i mean yeah yeah from that now expecting your first, first yeah and, mo- and moving in with somebody in a month and all that kind of thing because i'm going to be moving house soon so yeah it's it does seem like i mean you know it all depends how i, I would say and this is advice to everybody really I, I i in terms of my you know lived experience going through this mm-hmm. is that i just think it depends how you look at things because People who are not in a relationship are going to look at are going to look at it and look at it in a terms of like superficial sense and go, yeah. If you looked at all the the sort of obvious, um, it's too fast or whatever it is, is that like because if I told you like for example the facts of our relationship that I've known us since November of last year, so it is really quick. I mean, so you know. She found out she was. We found we found out she was pregnant in mid February, so pretty fast. Um, and sorry, yeah. remind me when you when you first started dating again. Uh, December. So December. I talked to her for about I talked to her for about three weeks, and even that, like she jokes about that now, saying that was quite early, that was quite early for us to date, probably. But you know, the advantage is just to, for full disclosure for people who listen to this is that. You know, as Ricky just touched on, and I've I've been, you know, Ricky's quite right. Is you know, I've never thought looked at it that way, but I've been open about being a person who uses dating sites, and um, I'm a firm believer in that they can work. And this is an example of this because, um, you know, even I had some. You do make decisions that are haphazard when you date, and you 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 know, but you 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 do have a little bit like too much information. But I think. The reason I'm saying that is for mine and Haley's situation, it was an advantage. And the reason I say that is because you do find out fundamental things quite early on that you don't have to figure out in like the first year going out with somebody. So when the child came around, we both knew that we wanted children in our future because of our dating profile. So it wasn't like, oh, what are we going to do? Our discussion when we found out was, um, are we ready to do it? Um, You know, and do we see a future with each other so in a sense we said quite often when we were discussing it it's not even about the child take the child out of the equation the child is going to be a bonus because um it got us to then discuss because i you know uh, fell head over heels for her really quickly and she seemed new to me because we had the advantage of we talked for about a month just 
communicating on the phone and emailing and that. And that's the huge benefit of internet because you get to find people out and you get to, you know, get to know people quite quickly because our first date wasn't the first date of, oh, let's just, you know, see where we are, whatever. It was, like, let, let's just, like, figure everything out. We'd already figured everything out. It was just like, are we going to feel the same way in person? And we did. And it was, it just, it just escalated from that point. So it didn't became then of, oh, I wouldn't, I'm going to get a second date. It was like, I'm going out with, I'm going to end up going out with her. Like, it, it was just, it was obvious. So that's the huge advantage of, like, doing all that. So you do skip a lot of stuff because of doing it that way. Because it's not like it used to be where if you're not on dating sites or whatever or talking to people through the internet or or, or going to work because... If you read any surveys about how people meet each other, about 80% of it's at work. They meet each other through work. And so we're not, you know, there's me just doing, I freelanced for a while and I'm currently now looking for work. Is that, um, yeah, it's it's hard to find somebody. So well, like, like they revealed on uh, QI, one of Stephen Fry's last shows, is now it's going to be, soon it's going to be one in two. Uh, one in two uh, relationships. Found online, yeah. Oh, online, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised to hear that. So it has its huge advantages doing it that way because you get to know somebody way quicker. So you can kind of get rid of the, and I, I'm glad I can say this now because I'm not on FM Airways, but you can get rid of the bullshit of, you know, like, oh, I'm not sure, whatever that is. And also, you know, because my, you're not the first person to have asked me that. And I found myself going, you know, like my friends from school were all like, have you thought about this? You know, because uh, they said exactly the same thing as you. You seem remarkably calm. And the reason why is because me and Haley dealt with it, I think, objectively, in a really mature, that we're going to be great parents way. And well, I don't say because, thing, yeah. yeah, because it wasn't about, oh, my God, none of us freaked out. Um, although I did say, I'll reveal this just as a joke, and I hope Haley's okay with this, is I did say, is it mine, accidentally? Um, <laughs> which sounds horrible. But it was one of these things where my brain was processing it, and I just went, um, 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 is it mine? And she just went, of course it is, in a kind of like uh, upset, upset way. Which is understandable, you know, I really regret saying it. But it is one of these things, it wasn't that I didn't mean it. It was just like it was. It wasn't like I, I was. I wasn't. I, I was like asking it rhetorically in a kind of in my brain going. It was me processing its mind. If that makes sense, it doesn't get me out of jail. That it's a stupid thing to say. But I have heard people do do that in that in that situation because you just like I don't know what to. I don't know how to react because it was all completely unexpected. So and she was all like, I don't know how to tell you this and just said it. Um, so, yeah, so the, so the reason I'm saying about the maturity and how we're going to be great parents, we, we basically took about a week and went, let's think about it. And we just constantly talked about it and just went, and we did have the discussion. And as I say about maturity and being responsible for a child, which reinforced that we were doing the right thing is, are we comfortable with the idea of that me and her might not work out? Yeah. Um, because you have to be realistic and say as much as we you know are crazy about each other now it it, it 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 we can't ignore that it is early but at the same time we can't ignore that we're crazy for each other and you know we can't live with we don't want to live without each other like we've already said that to each other and it's obvious like it's one of these things that i never understood what it meant because i've never been in a i've clearly never been in a real relationship before but you, you go around going, I don't actually need my partner to say it because I know she feels that way. And it's the most wonderful thing 
because you don't have to sit there and get reinforced all the time. You know, like when we say goodnight to each other and stuff, I don't sit by the phone going, but does she really mean goodnight? Or, <laughs> or, or is she t- texting somebody else goodnight? Or is she saying goodnight so she can talk to somebody else? Like all that kind of horse shit that you have to deal with when you don't trust each other. Um, so yeah, we discussed the idea of we would like love each other in a parent way forever. Whether we would, whatever, whatever, happens, whatever happens, because she was like, I can't see a scenario whereof I could hate you, and she's not one of these people. And I, and you know me, like I'm not really, I don't like, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of grudges. I, I mean, I, I can get a grudge, and I used to when I was younger, but I've really worked on it and realised grudges serve nobody; they make no purpose at all. So I, I would never hold a grudge against the mother of my child. So we would make it work even in that sense. But the real wonderful thing about it being, I guess, to summarise, when we found out about the baby, we we discussed our relationship at that point, which was early. I mean, only like, what, uh, two and a half months in. <laughs> you know, it's really not not uh, not long at all. Um, not even less than that even, yeah, a month and a half. And But as I said, we'd known each other about three months by that point. Um, and yeah, I just basically went... I really do feel strongly about you and it feels like I've known you way longer than I have. And we both said virtually the same thing and I went... And I just was really upfront with her and said, I thought that if this continued to be as wonderful as it is, I would have said, my tenancy runs out in September, how would you think about me living with you? I would have asked her that. And I was being completely honest. As I said, that's how I felt. And I was like, if I was in a situation where I could have moved out, I might have asked her sooner. And she said I would have done exactly the same thing. So when so so basically, is that I'm telling you all this in chronological order because it'd be interesting for people who might be in the same situation or thinking about having a child. Is the child is not really the issue. It's whether you can be good parents and be in a good relationship and also make time for each other and be on the same page. Yeah. And we are on the same page whether it works out or not. And that's what you have to figure out. Because that's being responsible for the child. Because if you have a child with the back burner of, but if it doesn't work out, you know, bye, I'm going away, then that's horrible and you shouldn't have a child, in my opinion, if that's even remotely in your head. So once we knew we wanted to live together, it was just a question of, can we live together and can we, like, afford and give time to the child and do what we can? And we went, and so we sat down and went, how about you do this? I mean, I'm not going to go in, obviously, every detail because stuff, stuff should remain private. But but in general, we just went, sat down and went, how about we do this, 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 and this? Um, you can do this. I can do that. Um, I can live with you. We can be in her, my, my in Haley's place that she's staying right now will be our place for a couple of years, maybe. Um, and it, it just happens to be perfect because it's exactly what, it's exactly the right size our baby will be comfortable, we'll be comfortable, our dogs are socialising at the minute so they can get used to each other. Um, so they're getting along as well. Yeah, hopefully. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a hard process, but we're working on it. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, and, um, I think the nicest thing I can say to summarise in terms of just our partnership, as in, because I call her my partner, because we often say, we should call each other partners because it's a partnership. 
and I do feel really strongly about that. Um, and because I do feel like I'm supported and everything. I mean, she's great about these podcasts and everything. She thinks I should keep doing them and everything. Um, you know, she's very supportive in that sense, and and about mental health as well. We talk about mental health all the time. Um, you know, not all the time is in you know that sounds boring or depressing, but I just mean it's not a thing I can't bring up. And I've had relationships like that where they're like, oh, he's talking about bipolar again, or he's talking about whatever. Um, because, you know, look, she's had some experience in that field and she's open-minded. Um, but yeah, so we feel very, very lucky. And I know I can say we in this regard because we've talked about it. We feel very, very lucky because everything's kind of slotted into place. We've got a place that our dad has that, you know, we're not going to be chucked out of. It's a nice property. Her sister lives around the corner. Um, the, the love and support we've had from our family and my friends, like yourself, has been amazing. Like, you know, I've not had anyone say you're an idiot or whatever. It's all been just love and, like, whatever you need and we can help you. Her family have been helping. Like, both our families have been helping about, like, getting us stuff for the baby and, you know, advice. Because we're, again, at an advantage that we're one of the last people in the family because we're the youngest siblings. So both of us, all the siblings have got children. Yes. Um, her sister's got two children, two older children, eighteen and twenty-one, and her brother has a two-year-old. So who's also, uh, and we're having a girl, which I announced on the show. Did I announce that on the show on Friday? I think I did. Um, did yeah. yeah, so I'm having a girl. So as far as we know, I mean, there's, um, I don't know if you know this, um, Ricky, but or anyone who's listening, but um, it can be doubted. There can still be a slight doubt with girls. Um, because basically, <laughs> I'm gonna make people probably laugh listening to this. Going, you know, the why the what the difference is is you if you see bits for a guy, then you know it's a boy, so there's no doubt. Whereas with a girl, if you don't see the bits, there's a chance that the bits you just are not seeing. If that makes sense. So, um, but from the way the woman explained it to us at the scan is that the, the we saw three lines, and the middle line was basically the the vagina. So that that's that's what you're supposed to find, is the the, the beginning form of and the, the babies as you reveal the baby's legs were crossed. The first the time, yeah, which is hilarious. Um, refused to move, refused to move. I think that's why um Haley's been getting all sorts of back trouble because when we went and had the scan at 20 weeks, she's now 24 weeks, and we found out two weeks ago about the gender because we had to go back for a few like health scan reasons, and then they told told total the gender while we were there. But uh, so you're supposed to find out at 20 weeks. And then the baby was sitting down. <laughs> yeah, just sitting down all like, I'm really happy. Um, I don't want to move. And so they get you to do all sorts of really, really funny stuff. Like she had to go to the toilet to see if the baby will move because of that because she was sitting right on a bladder. Um, you also, uh, there was one scan we went to where Haley had to jump up and down. which And uh, my sister, I told uh, my sister this. And my sister said that I, I think something is crazy as they made her go for a jog. Um, like jog, jog around the jog around the hospital because the idea is you're trying to get the baby to move. Um, right. but the baby just was not the baby just was not having it. Does it, does it mean in a stationary position? Yeah, thing. just like the baby wiggles, but it's all about we were trying to get the baby to move his feet, move move her feet, but she wouldn't do it. So, okay. and then the like, the next time we went, she was in a, she was on her side, but she was in just a, a right amount of position that she managed to see the area she needed to see. And we went back because you had to see, like, all four chambers of the heart and the bottom of the spine. Right. Um, also, um, 
Hayley's now happy because she's getting kicks now. Because what I would say, it's fascinating because you learn about, again, bullshit myths about pregnancies. The, you know, which is probably, we can talk about that in the future as, as me, as Hayley's still pregnant. Because obviously, the due date's November 17th. So, five days after my birthday. So, it's going to be interesting. How do, how do they make a, an accurate date? Uh, usually what, by, how, yeah, how but usually by um, the person's period. Like okay. when they last had a period, I think, as far as I know. Um, and how, how accurate is, is that? Is the estimation date? Uh, well, that's why you can have a baby two weeks early or two weeks late because it's not it's not exact. It's a rough idea. Um, because, so two weeks before that is fine because you're 38 weeks into the pregnancy. 40 weeks will be November 17th, and you can be or is it or is it 38 weeks? I can never I can't quite remember. But um, you can be two weeks early or two weeks late, and that's health. It's still healthy. Anywhere, anytime you get beyond that, even if they're wrong by a few days, then they start worrying because you've really got to get induced and the baby has to come out because the longer it's in you, the more dangerous it gets. And obviously, if you're premature, that's before 38 weeks. Um, you can. Um, I have the, to say, I'm I was four weeks early. So you asked me before about just yeah. questions, but I always, I always, I always admire when I was a kid. And I don't know, in in a sort of selfish way, I used to, I remember thinking, I'm so glad I'm a bloke because, you know, the idea of going <laughs> I've been saying that the whole time. Yeah, yeah and, and I used to look at lasses all the time and just say, oh, I feel so sorry for you because when you grow up, you're, this is obviously before you knew anything about, you know, the birds and bees and everything, uh, whether, whether you know, the, the, I, I used to automatically think that all, all lasses go through this regardless, you know. And I used to just feel kind of sorry in a way, but you know, in, I've I've met women since, really in in recent years, who have made the conscious decision not to have children. Mm. Um, not not only just because it's through various reasons. Some have said, "Well, it's just not my thing." You know, I'm not I'm not really into. It. I like kids, but you know, I, I, you know, uh, I'm not really I'm not really kind of endearing to the fact of becoming a mother. Or you know, and there's fair, other fair things. enough. Does that yeah? One though, one though, um, and of course we have to say uh, another another one of our guests on the last show um, revealed that her OCD stopped her from being a. Uh, which is I, a very. I know. Topic. I never. I didn't want to like. Uh, I didn't want to like. I didn't want to pursue that, but I did but think I, it was I, interesting. It was very. It was very big of and brave of her to to reveal that. In a way, it resonates with me as well. I guess that's one of the main reasons I've never entertain that idea despite I love kids you know how much I, I, I dote over my nephews another friend of mine just said that she she has a pathological fear of pregnancy and the, and the pain that goes with it it's that's so hard I, I, it's so yep. hard for women and it makes I mean, you feel that they don't get enough they don't get enough credit for what they have to oh, I constantly say to Hayley like I mean she thinks like you know because she does she's having pains and everything and you know she had crave she had we had cravings at the beginning um at the minute at the minute it's everything smells bad um you know she's had to like change some of her you know and this is going to sound crazy to people who've never been around pregnant people but i know this having my sister was pregnant and all that kind of thing we had, she had to like change her like um you know cleaning stuff because it was too it smelled the smell was driving her crazy and um, so all that kind of stuff, and she's just got another, aches and pains. But I constantly tell her that she's doing great, though. That's my point. Yeah. 
Mm. Another another story in relation to our, to to you know my 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 second nephew is is approaching his first birthday and then I remember me and my mum were, were saying that when my sister in law was pregnant like uh, over a year ago we were kind of thinking mm, is the timing that is is are they sure that they got the timing right it was an accident because we thought it was maybe more sensible for the oldest one to maybe reach school age first before doing that yeah. I don't know it's just weird. I mean, everyone has their own reasons, and then, and then my, my sister will reveal that the reason why they went for it is because she has a, I think it's kind of a hereditary condition where, the the insides can can sort of uh, prematurely kind of uh, what's the word descend, yeah, um, you know what I mean. So, yeah. therefore, the the chances of becoming a mother later on are, are will will decrease. Um, so so it was it was basically kind of a now now or never situation. Do we? Do we get our kid uh, a brother or sister that they that he might wish to want to have? It um, does require a bit of thinking. I mean, we've yeah. kind of talked about that. We, I mean, this is going to sound crazy because again, it's just like well, but we do. We we've been talking about like you know if we do have a second child, like and it is kind of like you do kind of have to plan it in a kind of I want to do it then because we should do it then because then we can be. You know, it'll be less, you know, we can focus on that baby and still have time for the, you know, our current child. And yeah, yeah. And I have I have complete respect for anyone who decides to not have children because it is a huge commitment. And like I say, that I'm not under any illusions because you're not the first person to say, um, like I said earlier, my friends have all went, you've took this remarkably calm. But it's because I have a partner who's discussed everything with me. I, I dare think, and she says this about me, which is very sweet. We talk about everything and di- and dissect everything and talk about it, um, and we really do, um, yeah, we really want to, um, uh, to do the right thing and and to realise that we, you know, and understand what we're getting ourselves into, and and and, and, and again, we feel very lucky because we've got a huge amount of support well, and it's loads of people my who've own... done it. My own sort of change of heart in the set. When I remember when I was at university, and uh, what we a few of us, few of us in our course uh, were having lunch, and um, I don't know, just the subject of parenthood came up, yeah. and this 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 friend of ours who was who was a guy from Finland uh, who was in a relationship. He said that you know he he wasn't going to have kids, and uh, me me and the rest of the the guys around the table were like you know gas at a gasp like what you're kidding on you what, what what's the matter with you surely it's <laughs> surely it's Hot. every every person's duty to you know i don't know we, we, we were throwing in all these diff- these stupid like uh lines like you know legacies of you know and family lines and all that and it's remarkable even because because you know that that is me now who who i was riling against because i'm now that person that is sort of saying i'm not saying never say never but um, well, I'll be up, I'll be upfront about this in particular because we talked about it earlier. You saying about the lady who said about OCD that did touch something with me, and I think that was the reason I didn't go any further in the interview on Friday because it touched a deep root in me because that was something I always thought about being a a worry about the fact that I have a disorder that most likely is genetic or at least you know. Um, you know, and it goes down the it goes down the male yeah. line usually. Um, the, certainly learned when you when you get brought up in a care or care. Or yeah, or so. but I do which, think which was another 
interesting mm-hmm. narrative on that last show because we were all talking about that. It's certainly true in my case. I've grew up in a chaotic household, and I think. Oh yeah, but as I, I say, I my, my dad when he used to self harm. I mean, I mean, I didn't think it was that that was a thing until I revealed it to my mental health. Well, there's three different there's three different strands, isn't there, when regards to mental health in terms of how you develop, and it's I and it's usually, you know, it's genetic, social, and environmental. Yeah. So social is in the people you brought up with, environmental is in society and you know, like in your surroundings and like your friends and whatnot. And uh, yeah, and your just genetics is in you know, what's your so family so history. Also any happen given scenario like, you know, you, you yeah. witness something that's traumatic or yes. something. Yeah, like yeah, that. you're all a byproduct of something else. But yeah, and uh, yeah, but so and uh, when I watched Secret like, Life of a Manic Depressive and there was a lady who had bipolar disorder and the hell she went through because of the emotional the emotional needs. And I had a really upfront conversation with Haley Go and that is honestly the only thing I'm scared about as a person, as just me, as a father, is just to go, you know, what can I do? Like, but, and she was very, very unbelievable to me and said, because she's seen... Um, I guess it's being up front as well like I was supposed to go to hers yesterday um, and I she won't mind me saying this because this, this is my thing my problem is I was supposed to stay over the day before yesterday and I just had a f- episode out of nowhere like a manic episode just yeah, couldn't yeah couldn't couldn't um, couldn't stop it and it just yeah. came out it just came out of nowhere and it was because I was being um, I, I just felt like there was so much to do and I'd went to see me mom and me mom was quite a, you know she's has her ups and downs but it's very like demanding emotionally to go and see me mom just because she's very like you know negative at the minute she has a very negative mindset so it's like going to a therapy session knowing you're going to just so sit there and listen yeah my mom had had a bit of a crazy weekend with my mom yeah so yeah it is hard when you support somebody and it's all mental because as we've touched on in previous episodes of the podcast and on Mentally Sound, as I touched about my mum, she's not got really anything physically wrong with her, other than her Parkinson's, which she deals with all the time anyway. It's just dealing with the mental side, and it's hard because it's all about, like, approach to things and trying to get her not to be in, like, a rut, a negative rut. Um, and it's hard because if you're going there trying to support somebody and wanting to talk to them and, like, wanting you, wanting them to be your mum... And this has been going on a while. It's like I just felt that got on top of me a little bit because it was like I then got back and like had stuff to do, and I just went I and I just a, said I, think I can't. We had a similar weekend. Yeah, because so I, was, I, I, was... I start. I didn't go. Is the point of the story? I didn't go to oh, Haley's, like, and I just said I'm sorry, I can't go. She kind of took it badly to begin with, but then I just explained to her what was happening. She went, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, that's totally fine." Because it looked like I was just like you know hanging her out to dry but it was not that at all it was just i screamed at me dog for no reason and that 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 set off alarm bells for me like you just came I'll, to i was screaming at me mum because yeah um not 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 to go into detail but you know when i'm chatting to friends and and having different lines of communication and and then mum calls um oh you're chatting to again who is it and i was like mum I, I told you not that long ago i can't believe you forget and then she'll say um, oh, please forgive me. You know, you don't know what I'm going through in my head, and you know all that. And and I'm saying, I know that, but you know, I've always been telling you, let's do something about it. You know, I'll give you books to read. I'm, I've given you ample opportunity to do something about it to improve your knowledge, memory, and you don't do anything. You just fall back, going back to an earlier topic of religion. 
yeah. you folk to watching. That you know what it is. I to be quite frank, and I say this with all the respect in the world, but I think my mom's uh, my mom is not getting a lot out of religion anymore, and I do think that's the problem. Is there suddenly like, well, what do I do? Like yeah. you know, I, I honestly think that's what's happening. It's very very interesting that it seems to be exactly the same for both our parents, but I do think that because you know. She mentioned that she went to Holy Communion on Sunday, and she didn't. Um, she didn't. She said, "Oh, I just I did it because it told us to." And I'm like, "That's not what a religious person should say, really." Yeah. You're basically admitting you're not getting anything out of it, um, which I you thought was fascinating. You can't read more about what other people think too much. Yeah, uh, the great great the... point. That's exactly. I, I do think a lot of the time that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I describe myself as a non-conformist, as what in the sense that. I'm I'm sick to the back teeth of having to adhere to other people's um, opinions or thoughts and and try and fall into that way way of way of thinking or doing because I'm I just I, because when I, you know as we always talk about within mental health you have to be selfish you have to look after number one in regards to helping other people out so if I can't do anything or if I find things too tough and then other people then think negatively well we'll, we'll, we'll fuck them. You know, and I'm glad this, is a, I'm glad this podcast not, not not on. No, no, you're right. No, no, and uh, yeah. And anyway. I think my mum's old fashioned in the sense that she does worry too much about what other people think about. It could be, it could be serious or it could be trivial. It does. It's irrelevant at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm just. Why don't you just? Why don't you just do what you want for God's sake? Why but um, but I just that guess we've been talking for. I've been talking for quite a while. Um, so we were just um. So we had. I, I just. I just was going to say it's important for people to hear this. I think for having a child because I, I. I really did consider that. In the t- and I did have a discussion about Haley and was honest and said I'm just concerned. Like, what if I have a day where I really struggle to do anything and would you resent me for that? And she's just wonderful about all of this stuff. Um, well, you know, but you know, saying, have you had an off day? Like before before the the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Has she witnessed you have an option? She's seen me in a couple of times. Like there was one time when we were. There was one time. Um, it wasn't like a particularly like difficult one, but it was just I was very I was just struggling. Um, to I was struggling to like convey things, and she was here. She was at my house, and I just was like, I was finding it hard to communicate and to do things, and just. Um, I just remember she didn't, I, I, she didn't castigate you for that no she just gave us like a hook and actually you know what it is that I think taught us something because mm-hmm. she obviously hadn't been with somebody who's as open as I am about what I, what I have is that I did the same thing for her once where she came to me and she was really just like struggling just in general you know and I just hugged I her and that. I hugged her and told that was okay sorry I've read a few blogs recently especially coming from the, the especially from lasses when they talk about what they what they're going through and in terms of support they always tend to say that and i guess it's the same for for guys as well but i've not really read many from guys but i've read i've readily admit this that when you're going through whatever you're going through it's it's just so overwhelmingly lovely and good to have your nearest and dearest just be there and be it be it give your own space or be it give you a hug it just it can just mean the world. Just it's just acknowledging that you're there and they understand and, and yeah. And she just said she just re- yeah she just she just reinforced to me that um 
that she thinks I do a wonderful job of dealing with things based on my history and everything. And I was, I've been really upfront with her in terms of how ill I have been in the past. But I do think I'm dealing with it better than I ever have. And I just think it's because I'm constantly working on it. And I just think that's what I want to say to a lot of people who are a bit like our parents at the minute. Is that um, I, I don't understand the view that people have in society of the fixing aspect. Everything takes a great deal of effort. But I quote all the time the late great Carrie Fisher who said, someone said to her, and she wrote this, wrote this in Wishful Drinking, which is like my Bible for um, bipolar yeah, disorder. I'm that, it's a great book. I highly recommend it. Um, I might even have a copy somewhere if you want to lend it. But um, I should do. Um, and she well, just I've said... Got I've got a book for you, actually. All right, cool. Another time, um, well, I was even going to see if I could find it. Oh, it's over here. I'm going to make... I'm going to make... Um, I'm going to make you laugh. Um, this is my current uh, book. I don't know if you can read this. Is, yeah. Um, yeah. When it, I just showed him a book called "When You're Expecting," it makes me sound like I'm the one who's having the trial. But it has it has husband it has um not husband um yeah. partner yeah, it has partner related stuff. In. There for you in there for sure. I think. Yeah. This is my current reading, folks. Um, the fun yeah. of it. Um, but yeah, no, it is actually quite interesting though on an objective point. But um, yeah, so Carrie Fisher said. Um, you know, why deal with your bipolar disorder? Like, why keep trying? And she said, because the alternative isn't worth thinking about. And basically, it's like, what choice do you have? It's like, do you want to... Because people think they don't have a choice. And you do. The choice is either live in misery and don't deal with something that's now being more and more understood as like, you know, you've got a problem as opposed to that's who you are. And you can get better at it with a little bit of effort. Or do you spend... 40 or 50 years of your life struggling endlessly and getting nowhere then the answer is the alternative there isn't an alternative the alternative is to do it and it's hard because mental health teaches you you know your brain says you can't do something but you do reach a plateau like the lady from the hypnotist said on friday i do think you reach a plateau people do reach a point where they go i want to just i'm sick of feeling like this and they have the like that that uh, you know that that reveal moment of you know, like a, 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 a an epiphany where they're basically like, and I definitely had that when I was younger. I've just gone, you know what? I'm tired of being miserable. It's not not fun, nope. and I'm gonna I'm gonna in, I'm gonna enjoy spending time with my partner and my friends, and I enjoy playing video games and enjoy being in the world well, as long as I'm here and and be productive. Well, I think that was the case with when I was when I had my breakdown and I whilst I was trying to edge back into normality, you know, whatever normal normality is, it's, it's different to different people, but mm-hmm. to, to any re, any resonance to the normal ex, the existence I had before, it, it took me a long while because, but then it got to a point where, well, I don't know how long this is going to take, whether I get better or whether I get to what I want to be, you know, the, the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel, but surely it'd be, it'd be more worthy for me to at least... Exactly. Exactly. I got back into activism. I got into social media despite, despite, um, you know, years of, uh, blasting it and thinking it's a load of rubbish. And it was through social media that I connected with Mental Health Northeast and I met Bloody Blah, you know. Yeah, that decision that led you to me. Yeah. Eventually, yeah, yeah. so. And that's how you're, I met you. are God. <laughs> 
Your I'm Mecca. Not, I'm not going to say what, what you look like. But oh, yeah. <laughs> well, don't you know, if you, there's no there's no pictures of Jesus. Could have been anything. <laughs> it it's just interpretation. Anything. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, <laughs> I always say that as people's answer when they always say, I look at Jesus. I don't look at stuff. You know, another thing, I was kind of joking to Haley. I went, uh, Ricky is so... Like, what a, what a bastard, because you never mentioned I had my hair cut. Did you even notice that? Oh, yeah, well, Because <laughs> I was like, I have, I've got, like, lo- I've had loads of it cut, and I just went, on Friday, when you didn't notice, I was like, how did the show go? I went, great, but that well, bastard I never mentioned that. Mention <laughs> I was going to mention the fact that, because you, you were, you were in the, one of the bestest moods I'd ever seen on, on, the, on Friday, because yeah. you were saying, weren't you, that everything's going really well, and you were kind of on a, well, um, because the... So the, I, thought, the yeah, I thought you treated yourself, but I thought I was going to leave that to you. I did, in a sense, yeah. I mean, I, I did for what price I prayed. Um, I'm not going to... I can't... I, I'm, I'm not going to plug them, but... Um, Haley's hairdressers, um, I'm not going to say the name, but um, they did ridiculously good price for what they did for my with my hair. Um, and yeah, I did. I was just sick of it because of how hot it is. I was just... I was boiling all the time because you should have seen when they finished me haircut, it looked like a blubber or something on the floor like it looked like a wig it looked like um thing or whatever what was it called from uh, adam's family it was a bit just a ball of hair and it looked, it looked like a creature on the floor when they were finished it was like 10 pounds of hair or something that they took off us it was insane um so i'm just really happy that they did it and yeah I, the reason i was happy is because just that uh, i was worried about moving in because it's coming up soon i'm moving out on the 6th of september i've got quite a few things to do but I just feel like no, I'm doing stuff. It's channeled into good because you know that it's going to work out. Yeah, and the dog socialised for like a um, couple of hours or an hour. Um, and I know that needs to be longer. I'm not. We're not. We're not idiots. But um, what pleased me was my dog didn't wasn't the aggressive one, and that was worrying me the whole time. So Lister's not the issue. And actually, the only dog that seems to be problematic is not Haley's dog, but. Um, her sister's dog, who's her like her dog's like older brother. But he but he reacted in quite a normal way because we went to her sister's house and it was territory. He they just started grappling because they were like, You're in my house and I don't want you to be and it was just them testing each other. But Lister wasn't the aggressor. Like I took Lister off his lead, and Lister did exactly what he did in mine. He just started wandering around. He wanted to see what was going on. Well, you, you also literally looked lighter as well because he was saying that you've I've lost. That, I've lost that, probably that. about. I reckon. I reckon I might have lost about a stone, yeah. which shows you how overweight I was because I still look a bit fat. Um, but I mean, I, I know you were kind enough to say you don't think that, but I just mean, I'm I'm aware because it's my body, obviously. But like, I just bought some skinny jeans for this twisting because. So my pants don't fit, and like they're, they're really nice and snug. But the thing that's made me feel very confident about myself, and I'm, I'm my diet, I've really improved my diet. Um, and just you just I... reminded me, you just reminded me of what I went through when I yeah. when with my breakdown. Yeah, I, I was still, I was still kind of through through a while of not eating, and then once I grabbed, but I wasn't moving. Yeah. I wasn't going out the house. Yeah. So I, I I was putting on weight, and I guess the the, the turning point was like all well, the jeans that I used to wear in the years previous didn't fit me anymore. Yeah, uh, and not just not just not not just by little, but by by a long way, which suggested how much weight I'd put on. <laughs> well, I can tell you what pushed me over the edge. I think I told you this privately after the show. Is I bought a bunch of t-shirts from America because it was all to do with my favourite streamer. 
and one of the t-shirts i bought for that which is my nerd rage t-shirt like i put it on about two months ago maybe or a month ago and it barely fit me i was like really struggling to get it on and i just went i've really like i've really got to stop doing this um, it was when just just very quickly it went at my workplace even though i wasn't back at work that's where my chemist is mm-hmm. and i went to i went to get my prescription and i had to walk up this like hill uh up the west road um uh, so it's like it's like it's not it's not a steep necessarily steep hill and it's not it's not a it's not a big walk either it only takes about five minutes um and and then suddenly i had to stop midway because i was out of breath yeah and, and that was the thing I, that was the thing i was getting out of breath just doing really really dumb stuff and i just yeah. went that's just ridiculous um I was like getting knackered, like traveling to Haley's, and I'm like, I'm getting a metro. I'm like, I'm not really doing anything. I'm like, and I'm like tired. Um, it was just getting annoying. It was getting annoying. It's just like, um, so yeah, um, I, I, and so the, the, the icing on the cake for me today, even though I probably have had a cheat day today because I had a buffet at the whole christening and everything and lots of cake and cheese. But, um, in general, oh, you're Achilles here. <laughs> I know. I went, I actually you joked with was, Haley. There you was said huge. It was, you know when you said. Yeah. The hypnotherapist that smoking was the Achilles. I was saying, nah, nah, it's probably right, yeah, because I I actually worked out with Haley the other day that I think I'm I'm eating two thirds less cheese than I did, which actually, if you think about it, that's that's ridiculous, because I do have a little bit of cheese a day still, because I kind of get rid of cheese. It's too nice, but <laughs> um, but I've drastically reduced it, and I'm noticing it with the amount of cheese I'm buying. Um, yeah, um, but also. Today, when I put on, I put on my nice dress jacket, um, so I wanted to be like sort of nice, smart. And the last time I wore that a few months ago, I it like the buttons were like you know almost like ripping off. That's how fat I was. And today it fit me snug, so I was like yeah. that. That made me reinforce that I'm doing the right thing. I think I think I've, I've I'm never one for measuring weight or anything, but I know that I have lost because it, I always do in the hot weather because I, I'm only. I, I trim it down where I just have like one meal a day and I'm just drinking liquids for the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. It just does that. Yeah, mm-hmm. just drink lots yeah. of water as well. I've cut down on I've cut down on pop and everything as well, and just mm-hmm. and just and, and and also now with my newfound energy, I'm just going out with Lista like I used to, and mm-hmm. I did kind of get a bit lazy. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't like lazy in a sense of it's lazy and said I wasn't doing physical stuff, but it's because. People don't realise if you use all your mental energy that you 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 know you struggle, and I just was doing that with all my effort with helping me mom. Um, mm-hmm. I just think I was not looking after myself because I was just I was mentally tired, and yeah. being mentally tired is a lot more difficult, you know. So yeah. Yeah. anyway, I best go because Miss my my dog's like um running around mm-hmm. going it's food time. Mm-hmm. I was going to be as an end thing. I know the podcast folks won't get to see this, but I was going to show my dog, yeah, because he's he hasn't seen Ricky in a while. Talk, talk, talking of people have lost weight, uh-huh. because what? of course when I when I saw Lister that time he came to town, he looked really slim and uh... yeah. Well, he, well, um, he's currently on steroids again, bless him. So he just looks a bit thinner than he should be. But all right, because I know when he first got him, when he was bigger, he was having a lot of surgery. Well, so he yeah, he was. He, he fluctuates all the time. I just think he's one of these dogs. Right. When he looks cheap though, and he's getting cheap for his eye, but it just looks a lot better. Come here, gorgeous. I know you don't like being picked up, but come here. I don't know if you can hear this. I'm sorry, I'm turning away from the microphone, but... Come here. good, yes. Come here. Oh, you do look big. You're definitely bigger than when I got you, though. Hello. 
You hate being picked up, don't you? He hates it, don't you? So I'm not going to be a horrible dog. I'm just going to give you a kiss and put you down because you don't like it, do you? You're being quite calm. If this was if this was a live podcast or like a video podcast, I swear to God, listeners, you'll all be like crying with adoration at how adorable my dog is. On your list, good boy. I'll put you down now. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> You want food, don't you? Bless you. I'll go and give him food because yeah, he's, it, the hor- horrible thing about dogs like you'd like humans on steroids is they're just constantly hungry. So mm. anyway, so I best go and do that. But anyway, this wraps it up. So yes, I am your father. <laughs> the end of the episode. But um, we never talked about the World Cup, but we can always do that another time. Um, in general, it was good though. Um, it was a great yeah, moment. great. It was one. I think one of the best ever. I can generally I just, think can that. I just, can I just mention this. Yeah. Um, just an anecdote on the World Cup. So I back in 2006 when um, I, I, we 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 were we were tasked to design some like uh, unofficial kit, which we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I designed these sort of zipper tops, um, red and white. So it was like home and away kit. And this was like 2006, so it was in the midst of our supposed golden generation. Okay, mm-hmm. and it was great. It was a great time because I got to go out to China to see to see. Um, my my design's been sort of formulated, and then it was sent back, back for blah blah blah, um, and we, we and and it was it was a great time. Unfortunately, we of course didn't do that well then. Mm-hmm. So ever since ever since that year, we've 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 had these tops sort of lingering away, and occasionally one would buy one. And I'm delighted to say, and it is a good it's a good it took a good twelve years to happen, but they're all completely sold out due to the success this year. Great. The number nine, which I'd put on the back then to represent Rooney, obviously was Harry Kane's number this time. Great. That's so yeah, fun. a fun little, fun little thing. About twelve years I've got rid. So. <laughs> twelve years in the making. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the voiceover, dude. Yeah, that sounds cool. That's great. Congrats. Um, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Still pretty decent one, summer. Still got the one star represent. We've just mm-hmm. won it. Still, but there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my plan is, I mean, the advantage as well of having someone else around to help with the, you know, just general stuff and not be on my own, is that my plan is obviously to try and do podcasting, and obviously I'm still committed to mentally sound. Uh, she, you know, she, she knows I'm going to not be free, and I'm going to be not available in the afternoons on Fridays every couple of weeks. So that's not going to change. So um, she's going to be tiring for me, obviously, but you know. Um, one of the things that I think annoys me to wrap this up is to say what's interesting about when you say that you're pregnant is so many people want to tell you that your life's going to be over. It's inter- so interesting. I know you've not said that to me because you're intelligent, but <laughs> is that um, yeah, it's interesting how many people go, oh, but I get some video gaming in now because you're going to have like no life, and I'm like, well, the whole. I thought my life would change when my nephews were born. Yeah. In all, in all honesty, it hasn't. If anything, well, it's not quite the same, but I know what you mean. It's not but... quite the same, but I mean, I, the, the, I'm still doing a hell of a hell of a lot of babysitting to the point where I feel like I'm the dad. Like, yeah. Well, uh, that yeah. I know it's every situation different, but. I mean, if anything, it's sort of enhanced it in a way. Yeah. I, they they they're just 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 great kids, and I uh, I jump at the chance to um babysitting them in the car. Well, if you ever want to, um, you know, if, if there's a tenor in it, if you ever want to do it for us one time. 
because we're already saying like um you know like oh, we, we we make the jo- list now of uh, yeah exactly yeah we're like yeah who's gonna do it who's gonna do it and who do we trust basically yeah. um but yeah so yeah <laughs> <laughs> um uh but yeah so yeah, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, um, I'd I'd uh, the interesting advice I got given, I think, to to summarize my whole why I'm feeling like we apparent apparently, um, quite a lot of people just don't really it doesn't really hit home until the baby's actually here. Yeah. But and I do actually think that. I mean, I do think about it a lot and think like yeah. I know what I'm getting into, but it'll only be when the baby's here and like we're is is that. When when they're born, as you say, your life changes. Yeah, and you literally like what, see. What happens is you you build this new life around them in a way. So exactly. Yeah. Things things change and things don't change. Because like you really just deal with exactly you just deal with one thing at a time, and it's like my life is. I'm more so thinking my life's changing because I'm like leaving Wall's End for the first time, and um, you know, uh, yeah, I'm leaving like the town I grew up in, and um. I think it's the first time I ever said like where I exactly live on the podcast, but who cares? Um, and yeah, um, yeah, and just like going to a brand new place and um, sharing a p- place with somebody, I think that's going to be the challenging aspect. The actual baby to begin with just sleeps a lot, and just and also I'm a night owl, so we've already agreed that I'm going to do all the night stuff, and she'll do the morning. So we're we're, we're great because personality wise, she's like falling asleep at 11 and i'm like up until two so she's like well you can do the the um you can make sure the baby's okay and then uh all that kind of thing so it all works out but anyway right cool so um i'll end the podcast by saying huge thank you to ricky um great work we're mentally sound with guests um and um i feel uh, yeah i I feel that it's the the the, not only just us, but I'm, I'm really proud in the way that the guests have kind of warmed to what we're doing. They've come on, and yeah, it's, it's just getting the word out there that it exists and it's the thing. I think is the thing that we need to focus on now. I think we need just... more topical as well. Like I, I do my best to keep my ear to the ground and what's happening. Yeah, that's why I thought. That's why I was impressed with that get because I'm like, wow, it's something that was on TV recently. So that's good. So and it's relevant to what we talk about. So that's excellent. Um. Yeah, so really, uh, yeah, I think I'm really positive about the whole thing, and just it's great that we get to do this every now and again and have a chat and a, a real, like you know, it was a very interesting conversation about religion. I actually did this thing to save me time as I wrote down what we talked about because <laughs> it's so like with all the matters that we talk about, it's like what am I going to put in the dead? What am I going to put in the description um, <laughs> about what we talked about? Uh, but we got there. Um, yeah, so I'll end the podcast like I always end. The words of the great boom, movie robot jocks crash and burn, and we'll see you very soon for another edition of the Geek Podcast. Thanks so much, guys, and see you very soon. Goodbye. <laughs>